Hey, welcome to The Screenwriting Life. I'm Meg LaFove. And I'm Lorianne McKenna. We are professional screenwriters. We've worked together as a team and separately. We've worked on studio and indie films, live action and animation, from my work on Inside Out and Captain Marvel. To my work in Pixar's story department on Up, Brave, and Inside Out. We are here to share our insights on the craft of screenwriting and also the life. How to not only survive the ups and downs, but thrive. We want to help you become the best screenwriter you can be and to reassure you that you are not alone on this journey. Hey guys, welcome back to The Screenwriting Life. Today we're talking about knowing when to call it quits on a project, but to still feel the confidence to continue in your journey. So this is something every writer, really every artist faces at some point in their journey. So today we're going to chat about it. But before our topic, we're going to talk about our weeks or what we like to call adventures in screenwriting. Uh, Lorian, how was your week? Uh, Really good. I was very productive. So I always feel good when I had a productive week. I worked on, um, I have a project in development, and so it's an adult animated project that I am really excited about. I've been working on it for a very long time, and we uh, are moving forward and getting amazing character design, uh, which is really exciting to see these characters come to life, and uh, working with this really talented artist, so it's super inspiring. So I got some, I got a new version of it this morning. So, and then um, I'm also working on a project. It's way outside my genre and uh, format experience. So uh, it's really fun. It's it's horror uh, and I've never written horror before. So uh, it's, I'm just trying to scare myself because I, I don't watch horror movies. So it's really interesting that I'm writing this project, but so it's really fun and I'm digging into, um, it was interesting this week, I spent a lot of time writing it in my head, you know, walking. And for once, I wasn't feeling bad about it or beating myself up about it because every time I worked through it in my head when I was taking walks, uh, I was getting to new places. And so uh, yesterday, I finally sat down and started building the pitch document that I need to put together to move forward with the script. And it was really great. Like, I, I didn't feel bad about the time I'd spent processing it in my head and it was exactly the right time to sit down and write it which for me feeling good about my process and not beating myself up is a great developmental win for me huge Um, stride yes and it's working for this project and I will not count on it working for another project but I just sort of trusted what was happening and where my deadline is and um so I was really excited about that and then I have very exciting news the show that I was working on uh, was announced yesterday. Um, and so I'm very proud of that. Um, and it will be releasing, it will, it's a YouTube originals and it'll be uh, coming out on December 1st. And it's called Tab Time and it's a preschool show uh, with the host Tabitha Brown. And it's about family and making mistakes and uh Really, the focus for me was about making a show that uh, encouraged kids to uh, know that they don't have to earn love. So for oh, me, so awesome. it's a really special show. 
And um, I think it's really bright and full of hope and it's funny. And um, yeah, so it's finally out in the world and I'm very proud of it. And I'm very excited. Oh, good. It's huge. It's a huge, so huge. I saw the trailer and it's adorable and inspiring and I wanted to watch it. I'm really, I'm, I'm not blowing smoke up your patootie. I really was like, I want to watch that for myself. I want to meet the little avocado guy. And I just, I thought it was really special, Lorian. I really did. But it's amazing. I can't wait to see it. Thank you. That was my first thought was like, do adults also have Thank to earn you. love? Like, I, I need to watch it for me. <laughs> no, we do. We all need to watch it. I know. Well, one of the fun things, I've talked about on the show before is that in make show for ourselves and we started using language from the show to talk to each other when we were feeling discouraged or down so it was really fun amazing Jeff do you want to talk about your week it was kind of a roller coaster week for me um I feel like on one hand I I had this amazing meeting I mentioned last week with this editor who um was so gracious I went to Ventura to meet with her and we sat down with the cut and she really taught me a lot of small instinctual details that will really help the edit as I'm going back through. And right coming back from that meeting, I got my first official festival rejection. Um, Congratulations. Congratulations. It's a rite of passage, right? Yes. Yes. And the truth is I'd sent a rough cut to this festival. I, I specifically wanted to submit to South by because I knew that deadline would force me to get a cut done. Um, so I sent a shitty cut to South by, and it's funny at the time I thought it was a pretty good cut, but now that we've done so much more, I'm like, oh gosh, um, there was a lot of work to be done and there's still work to be done. But you know, I, I'm proud of myself. I feel like I gave myself 10 minutes to be disappointed. And then was like, now I've officially joined the ranks of a long list of other amazing filmmakers who have gotten rejected from South by Southwest. Like yes. Alma Harrell got suge- uh, rejected by South by Southwest in 2011. So now I'm basically Alma Harrell. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, and you know, you, you submitted it like that right. is That's so big. many people don't even do it. Like yeah. you did it, you made it, you submitted it. It's huge. It's very so, inspiring. Thank you. It's, uh, it's fun for me to get to say I was rejected. My, my feature film was rejected by a big festival. Like there's a way to frame that, that it's actually kind of exciting. And um, what I did think Monique say when she was on the show? It was the a best great no. no. The, great, the best no. Yeah. yeah. So you learn something yeah. from it. Right. And you have a place to go now with new notes. Definitely. And it's, it's funny, just quickly, I'm a, I feel like I'm in that phase with the project where it's like the last 10% feels like 90% of the work you need to do on the project. It's mm-hmm. so strange how with your writing or I, I will, we'll put it to writing. You can get 90% of your draft done, but then you have that last 10% that's really going to rocket it to the finish. And that's always the hardest part. It's so nitpicky and detail oriented and things fall apart when you're trying to fix other things. So it's weird how the timeline balance is so hard where those last tweaks take the longest and they're the hardest part. So I'm a little bit- Especially in editing. I mean, giant, I mean, editing is such a a, a magic trick because giant things can change by cutting Mm -hmm. half a scene or Mm -hmm. a moment or a line of dialogue or a look or adding a look. Like it's unbelievable. Or recutting- the whole intent of the scene yes right yes. with footage you have and like mm-hmm. oh this doesn't work and then just Amazing. like re- reinventing something i mean yeah. i always think that if if writers can get in an edit room not even on your own stuff watch editors work watch different cuts 
it really, really will teach you a tremendous amount about storytelling. Which is why we say we'll fix it in post right. because it is magic in editorial. <laughs> That's crazy. I mean, it is a place where you really can like fix big problems. You can cut time out. Mm -hmm. You can reframe something. So it's not a dismissive thing. It's I respect the magic of the creative partner in edit in the editor. Absolutely. And I will say just before I wrap out, for any of our patrons, when I do the feature film workshop, I'll send the like the assembly cut and our final cut so you can see the difference between the edits. Wow, think, that's brave, Jeff. It's very brave, I know. But I think it's really valuable. I mean, like I go back and I watch our old cuts and I'm like, oh, okay, I see what we've done here. And you can kind of see, I think there is a lot to be said about storytelling. Um, so that'll be later in the spring. But um, yeah, that's kind of how I'm feeling this week. And I guess I'm just still working on the movie. <laughs> still. <laughs> My week... I have to let me think about this for two seconds. Oh, it was my week. Well, I, you know, sometimes you have self-imposed deadlines and sometimes you have external deadlines, but sometimes the self-imposed are just as kind of nutty to get done, i.e. your family's coming. You got to get these pages done because they're coming. And my family's coming this weekend instead of next weekend. Um, so I had to get some pages done, had to get them done. I don't know how well I got them done. <laughs> You've got them but, done. Congratulations. You know, I mean, you just don't know because especially when you're trying to go like hammer through them, uh, you know, it be that a rewrite or original pages or whatever, you're just trying to get through the pages. And uh, it's good though, because it, it doesn't give you time to think too hard about it. And then um, I did have a kind of magical moment where I was just in the pages, like in the story and something came up that I, I was switching but I didn't know I was going to switch it. It just felt right that this character would say this at this moment and shift the scene. And because I'm having to go so fast, I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't have time to rethink all this. So what is she shifting it to? And, um, and it was one of those moments that I, I was kind of waiting for the story to tell me what it was. And I was in the story. Do you know what I mean? Like I was watching the movie. It was very, I love when that happens. That's yes. my favorite part of it's writing magic. is when that magical thing happens when the characters start behaving on their own. Uh, without in intellectual thought. And uh, so I, I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed letting that happen to, to her and uh, what she wanted to do. Uh, so that was, that was exciting. That, I mean, my week was just literally like, get these pages done. <laughs> like uh, I was up till midnight one night. I was up, you know, just uh, because I had to get these pages done. So c'est la vie. That's, that's the life of a writer. Sometimes you just have to push it out, man. Just got to do it. Like one, one person on the, on the Facebook page asked about the time, you know, how do you know to go to when to go to outline to draft? And I was like, well, you know, you just write mm -hmm. <laughs> like it's so, like, sometimes I really think emerging writers don't understand how much writing is going to happen. Like they really think it's like pages and then I'm done it's like pages and pages and pages and pages and, and then notes and then pages and pages and pages. And suddenly by the third draft, that original outline that you had is gone. There's pieces of it, there's remnants of it, but it's probably gone. And you might be re-outlining, like just that whole process of uh, churn. Mm -hmm. um, and to me, that's when the magic happens too, is in that churn. Um, so yes, I did, I, I did what I preach. I just sat down and wrote. That's what oh, I did God. this week. Um, all right, so on to our topic um, of when to know it's time to call it quits. Um, Lauren, do you, you wanted to 
uh, headline I, this, I think, for well, yourself. I'm so curious about this um, because of all the, the internal voice I struggle with and knowing whether or not I'm stopping a project because I'm afraid of it be, or because, you know, fear or self-doubt or right. if it really isn't going to go anywhere, right. you know, like, you know, and there's other times too, you know, more than creative uh, reasons, you know, I was working on a project and then a show was announced in deadline that was incredibly similar to it. Uh, and this happened about six months ago and uh, like premise, like location, character relationships, genre, like it was a very similar show. And I thought, well, this show is going to series how can I go out and pitch my show? So I stopped, I stopped working on it. And I, the trailer was just out recently and I watched it and I was like, yeah, I, I was good. I walked away from the project then, but then I had something similar happen last week where a show I'm working on. And then another project was announced and I was like, no, I'm so passionate and into the project that I'm working on. And it's different enough um, that I'm going to keep working on it. Right. There was just, so that to me meant the other project, maybe there was something that I was missing in it, that it maybe was too, you know, about the genre or the the package, you know, the outside of it. But this project, I'm very much on the inside of it and I don't want to give it up, right? I feel very connected to the characters. I feel very passionate about what I've done. So I'm going to keep going. So that's, that's one way to think about how do you know when to quit? Right. And I and I don't know that I was aware of that at the time when I decided not to work on that other one six months ago. Um, but and but I know you're attached, you're attached to these characters. So yes. because the truth is, as you work on it, it will evolve. Yes. So it might evolve completely differently than that announcement and deadline. Right. Like it might yes. take on a life of its own. And but you're attached enough to the characters to take that journey with them. Right. Yeah. Versus the other one. And I think I know what the other one was. I think, it, yep. and you tell me if I'm right. I'm I'm trying to guess and remember. I think it was more your intellect that thought this would be yes. a good show. Like your intellect would put was putting pieces together, and it was right, by the way, because it's a show. Like I know your intellect had great instincts, so not to disparage your intellect at all. Like it had great instincts, but it seems like underneath it all, you didn't have that kind of passion you have for this one, right? Yeah, it was from the outside in. And we all know I'm an inside out writer. I, I like to start with character or theme or something spark that sparks me personally that I can talk about. The other one I felt, yeah, it was very genre, location. Yeah, very intellectual. And I know this comes up for people all the time. You're working on something and a movie comes out, a TV show is announced, right? And then you think, oh, well, I might as well not bother. And sometimes you should, and sometimes you need to walk away. And, and maybe that's a good gauge, Meg, to your point. Like, can I walk away from these characters? Right. Can or do I? they want to, and maybe they have to become something else or, mm -hmm. um, and you know, there's other, like, what do you, what were you writing this for? Mm -hmm. Meaning if it's a sample, you might still be able to do it because that show will go and fail or not, or have its own life. And there's so much shows right now. You know, it's not like we had, you know, it used to be in the olden days where it was like three networks, everybody knew the shows, right? right? I think that if you're still writing a sample and you're like, well, I'm far down the road on this, I'm in draft number four, it's getting good response, then uses it as a sample in your brain, like keep going, it's a sample. But if you've just started, you really, were, it was really about getting a show up, 
you're not in love with it, maybe men move on to something else. And I think that, I guess what we're saying, which we often say on this show, but I do think it applies, is it's so much about knowing yourself and really sitting down and having a chat with yourself about, okay, what, what was this for me? right? What did I need it for career? Like, let's go out outside in career-wise. What did you need it for? I needed it for a sample. It's fine. Um, I'm going to keep going or no, this was really about a high concept idea. I was trying to sell. I'm not in love with it. Um, it's going to be super hard. So it's a hard sample to even write, right? Because it's so much world building. It's so much this, but then maybe that's not the best sample, right? Or maybe it is because that's the world you want to be in. Like it's so much about knowing yourself and thinking through versus just diving into that emotional pool of like, oh my God, fuck it. Fuck mm-hmm. everybody. The world's unfair. And what you, I mean, like you're right. You should do it for 10 minutes for sure. Do it. <laughs> right. Let those emotions pass through. Let them do what they needed to do. Don't ever deny that because that's real. But then try to sit down with your intellect and, and bring it into bear in terms of that frontal lobe and think through well, really, what was this project for? How much do I love it? And there's other reasons to quit too. Like, so let's just talk about knowing yourself in terms of, okay, it's not about a competing project that's happened. It's true deep fear. Uh, You keep getting into a morass. You keep really not being able to crack it, right? Um, Again, it always comes back to passion and how passionate are you about it? But there can be different reasons that fear is coming up. Either you are really getting close to some deep lava and maybe you're psychologically not ready for that lava. I think that's valid, right? You can go get support for that lava, but you can push into it because you feel like you're ready to push into it. Um, or you can say, I'm not ready to push into this lava. It's, I can't even see it, it's so big. You know what I mean? Like sometimes that lava is so big, it, your brain gets all fuzzy when you get up close to it. You kind of space out. Um, well then maybe um, it's, you, you need to go get support before you do that. Or I remember when I was an emerging writer, I just didn't have the chops. I didn't have the writing chops yet to do the idea I had. I, and I kind of knew it. Like I just hadn't written, written enough scripts yet to take on such a big, complex, high story math idea. Um, and that happens all the time for emerging writers. Like you actually have a great intuitive story sense, but there's a difference between that sense and the skill set you have on the page, always try it because you never know. But if you hit a place where you're like, I just don't have the chops to do this, put it aside, go do some other things. You're going to, you're going to get better chops, right. To do it. Or, um, and Jess isn't on today, um, but you know, Jess was mentioning that at one point I was asking her when I was giving her notes to think about maybe this other person is the lead character because this is closer to your experience. So now there's a little lava in there, right. And there's also, is that a harder show in a weird way, like an easier show? Like she had to think through it, right? Sometimes you just have to do it, right? You just have to give it a try, but it can be about your chops. It can be about the lava. Um, it can also be, and I had another script because I wrote many scripts as an emerging writer. It just doesn't work. Like that also happens. Like the concept that you came up with, you've evolved as a writer enough now to see that the core concept isn't enough. It doesn't fully work. It doesn't have the great engine. And then you have a choice. Am I gonna go dive into this and make it work? Find the other half that I need, right? You can do that. Or you know what? No, I don't care about it enough. It taught me what it wanted to teach me. I now know it's not, it kind of doesn't work, right? Or I had one that it just became, 
too old fashioned. I don't know how to explain this. Like it felt like an eighties movie. Do you know what I mean? Like it just, Oh my God, just, please write it now. We need, <laughs> need that movie just, right now. Whatever it is, Meg, I'm, I'm oh, in. Well, I'll tell I'm, you what it is. My, Cause I just, I just was trying to explain to my son, who's an emerging writer director. Like this happens sometimes. Like you get an idea and you're like, I like it, but it's just kind of old fashioned and I'm not passionate enough about it to make it modern. I wanted, one of my first scripts that I ever wrote as an emerging writer was about a guy who just has a horrible time with his mother-in-law. He just, they just don't get along. And she dies and he comes back to him as a ghost to say, I was murdered. You have to, you have to find the person. And if he's like, oh my God, she's still complaining to me. She's still making up stories and then figuring out, okay, she, maybe she was murdered and blah, 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 right? This is so funny because I have a TV show idea that is this very similar, except it's oh, a woman. Really? It's a woman and her father-in-law. I'm not kidding. Her father-in-law dies and they solve murders together. Oh my God. Well, do it. I, this, this, I, I, <laughs> but I, I can't, can... but it doesn't go anywhere because it just doesn't go anywhere. Right. Well, I and this just felt too yeah. old fashioned in a way. Yeah. Like, like it just, there, there's not enough there yet. Yeah. And again, my son was like, go back and figure that out. And I was like, I just, I'm not the same person I was when I wanted to write that. Do you know what I mean? And I yeah. remember I spent so much time in the world and I was going to set in Chicago where my sister lives and she was going to be, you know, a Polish immigrant, the mother and blah, blah. And I did all this research on, and all I was doing was avoiding writing because I kind of had this intuitive sense. This relationship is not sparking me, right? I intellectually wanted to do it as an idea, but the relationship was not sparking me. And so it just never worked. So again, am Same. I saying that if somebody else out there has that idea, like you for your show, you shouldn't do it? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm yeah. saying for me, it just never sparked. And it's funny because I was just talking to this about my brother. I was offered a really big show based on IP that's huge that will get a green light immediately. And I was offered to show run it and create it. And I was so excited. But when I got down inside of it, number one, I don't have time to do it because I have other commitments and they would have to wait and they don't want to wait. So it, 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 it was a, it was a cup that passed without me having to, you know, be brave about it. But, you know, I just, I just didn't ever get the fire. I intellectually got it. I intellectually really, really wanted to do it. I cried a little cry with my cry pillow from our, when, when it passed because I intellectually really wanted to do it. And yet some part of it was not firing for me to fight for it. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like if they had said, we won't wait for you. And I had fought and been passionate and pitched my brains out. I feel like that would have, I could have maybe grabbed it. Right. But it wasn't happening. So it, I had to quit it. Right. You know, like, Mm -hmm. And it was really hard. It was intellectually, it was super hard. And yet I have this other idea that I've had in my head. I've had this character in my head for five years. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, when that kind of river stuff we talked about last week, yeah. this other the other half arrived. And now oh. these two people will not leave me alone. It's and the, I lady, the lady who lives in the high-tech yurt and your character <laughs> should get together. She lives in my head rent-free. I don't know what to do with her though. Still, she's just hanging out. But in I'm there. saying these are things that are not quitting. Do you see what I'm saying? Because yes. they are not letting me quit. Like I just, I'm going to have to figure it out because I, and I just pitched it to my brother over a drink. And he was like, that's a, that's, I want to see awesome. that movie. And right. I was like, well, it's arrived. I get, I don't have time people to do this. And I'm, but it's bubbling and I know I won't quit it because it's arrived. 
And I said to my manager who we're going to have on the show, oh my God, I gave, you know, I let this thing pass from me, this, this huge IP. Like I had a cry when I let it pass, when I quit it, it felt heartbreaking. Maybe I'll never be able to do a show again. Like all the fear of quitting it just started to really roll in. And, um, <laughs> and then I was like, and then you, you go to the next fear, right? Which is, okay, I'll never be able to get anything else greenlit and run a show. And by the way, everything that the buyers want right now is like Ted Lasso. They all want sweet comedies. Um, and by the way, I do think Ted Lasso, especially in the second season, does go into very interesting, complex, dark stuff. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying they aren't doing that. They are. I love that show. Um, but everybody wants um, runaway fantasy comedies, right? I understand, which I get, by the way. So do I when I watch it because we just went through a pandemic. But I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't even write those. Like, I guess I'll have to start thinking of one of those is what I wrote him. And he wrote back to me, I promise you, you will have another chance to run a show and don't follow the sheep. Mm -hmm. Meaning intellectually, all of this is to say intellectually, you can have these ideas that you know are great for the marketplace. They might even be great ideas, but if they don't fire underneath, you might need to quit it because it's not firing. It's intellectually being put together. Um, again, every writer is different and I'm not saying you can't write intellectually, but that's often why I quit a project um, is because it's not firing like these other ones are firing. Um, mm -hmm. Whether marketplace or whatever, you just have to know yourself and get honest with yourself and acknowledge, sometimes it's just acknowledging what's happening. Um, I also worry that sometimes people don't quit a project and they stay on it too long, i.e. it's deep, you, you're therefore not working on other things. You're therefore not letting these other ideas come in like this idea that I'm talking about, which I'm gonna call my Judy Dench idea. Um, you know, just, just, just for shorthand, like my Judy Dench idea would not have arrived, right? If, if I'm too obsessed on something that's not working, right? Because there's no space for her to arrive. I think what you're talking about is something you and I have talked about before, which is saying yes is important, but saying no is just as important. Because when you say yes to something, you're letting everybody else around you know that this is the thing I want to do. You are state, you know, I am going to be a showrunner. I'm going to run an empire, whatever. It, I'm going to be a director, whatever it is. You start saying that you're saying yes to that. Other people will start to see you that way and say yes to that for you too. The same way that saying no to things is clarifying for you and the people around you. And then they, and then everybody can help you get the things you want to say yes to. And you can too. And then when you say no to things, the yes things coming back into your head, like your characters came back yeah. because you made space for it. You stopped panicking about that project. Can I do this? I want to do this. I should do the, all the things that are in your head, right? I'm putting stuff on you. The, yeah, yeah, the other <laughs> thing is that I think we need to remember is there is no right answer to this. There is only the decision you make as you're going along. You know, you can look back and say, oh, if I'd done that, then this. Like I've been given comic books to read to pitch on, I say no, because it's not for me. And then I see the show on and I never think, oh, that could be me because it wouldn't be me. It would be a totally different show. And I wouldn't have been able to do it because I didn't like the comic book, you know? So that decision was right for me at the time. And so when you're deciding whether or not to move forward with the project or put it aside, pause on it, focus on something else, it's sort of know yourself, know what you're saying yes to and know what you're saying no. Uh, no to in that right. moment of putting that project aside. Cause I think those are two different 
two different things. What am I saying yes to? What am I saying no to? Well, and I also think that that's about facing your fear of failure, right? Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. you know, definitely in letting this giant project go by, uh, there was a lot of that, like me, me emailing my manager, that's the fear of failure just roaring up, right? Right. And that can be just even a spec project. I've worked on this for like eight months, right? I optioned the book or whatever. Again, that's not happening with my passion project, thank God. But if it did, I can see that it would be like, oh my God, fear of failure. Fear of fa well, the fear of failure can come in any time, right? The fear of failure can come in while you're not rewriting it, even though it is your passion project, because it's such your passion project that if you rewrite it and it doesn't sell, then you're going to be fail. unhappy. Then yep. they'll fail. So let's just not rewrite it, right? And then, you know, unconsciously, or it's really not working out. It's not firing. I need to put it aside and do come back later, whatever. That can feel like failure about all the time you put into it. And I just want to say to all you writers who are maybe considering putting something aside, just a number one, you're just putting it aside. It'll still be there, mm -hmm. but maybe you need to do that. Maybe that is a door that's opening instead of some indication of failure that actually the failure might be continuing to bang on it. And I know it's so hard for your brain to grasp that, but sometimes you're, you, you actually need to go on and learn new things from new projects, right? Cause you're not a one trick pony. You can I, get stuck in a tunnel. Yeah. Right? You can get you stuck with that. You, you don't want to be stuck in a tunnel. There's more than one ways and so many more stories to tell, right? I think we get attached to like, this is the one. This yeah. is the one where I'll break. This is my passion project or this is the thing. And I've gotten getting... feedback that people will like this and this is a show. Yes. And I finally got that feedback that this is a show. And yeah. it might be that you're afraid and it, it is your passion project. And you do need to keep banging your head against the wall because it does have your lava in it and the external. It has both please keep banging your head against the wall or it doesn't have your lava in it. And it's literally just an idea. And you do need to put it aside because there are more projects. There are more things that people are going to be love. There are more, there's more writing in you. It's okay. I, we can promise. I can promise this, that there is more in you. There is more. We've got every, every writer I know has had this experience uh, of not knowing if there's more and there is, there is more inside of you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think Meg, your point, know yourself and trust that the thing is still there. We're never really quitting anything because the work we did to make that thing, to think about that thing, to write the outline, the script, to talk to me about it, that's still real. Yeah. You're not quitting it like you quit a job and you walk away and you never see those people or you never see your boss again. I don't know that quit is even the right word. It's you did something, you made something, you had an idea and you have other ideas too. So you're just making space. You can pause, but the thing you did doesn't stop existing. You still have a relationship with it. And maybe some space gives you new ideas, new characters, you reframe it. There's a new main character. Maybe you're, and you, might you write a new genre, it. or maybe you take a character from it and you put it in something else that's happened, right? You create something new and you're like, wait a minute. I already have a character like this. I can put them in this new thing. Yeah, you know? absolutely. I mean, there's the other thing about quitting that we've seen on the Facebook page about, you know, quitting writing altogether. Mm. Like, is it worth all the effort? It's such a, it's such a high bar. You know, there's so many, I'll never make it. I'll never make it up that mountain to actually be a, a paid writer. And all I can say to that is again, know yourself, 
I don't know. You know, you have to start knowing yourself and that can just be acknowledging things in your life and knowing yourself every morning, doing morning pages, which is really great way to know yourself. Um, but, you know, I think that ultimately I want to say to anybody doubting that every writer who is now a paid writer was where you are. Every single one was had a moment where they were like, I don't know. A I moment? Do? Just one, Meg? Okay, 20, 50, million. <laughs> we still have it once we're paid, by the way. Also, um, every single story of how they, quote, broke in is different. Oh, like it's all different. Manager. And all these... All these one, all these people who kind of came came out of nowhere have been working and slogging for like ten years. Like yes. it's not it it is not a fast process. It is I I will say it's a three to five year process to get your chops to really learn how to write. It is a it is a process that takes years. Like any art form, it's an art form. It takes time. You just have and that's of three years of writing, not of thinking about it and taking classes. That's writing multiple drafts. Like it takes time. So know that it takes time just because you're in that space of being a beginner. You're not going to come around and be a beginner again. This is it. This is the space of being a beginner. And it's when most people quit. I think um, quickly, one thing I want to quickly revisit, um, when you're talking about projects pivoting, like you had this idea that you were so married to. I think sometimes we get so attached to the initial conception of how something showed up that we're unable to swerve. And like, I have this ship. I don't know if you, did you guys know I worked on a cruise ship for six months? I don't know if you no, knew that. No, but I'm currently obsessed with that. And, yeah. I, and I have an idea that takes place on a cruise ship. So maybe we should talk. We may need to, we may need to talk for you. <laughs> um, but the initial version of this script I wrote like six years ago, and I still like that feature, but I think there's a very different version of that story um, that might feel more true or authentic or who I am now. And it's really hard for me to let go of the, the original version of that. But I can still incorporate a lot of the themes and the lava and the ideas of what that was in a whole new environment. But it's hard. I think like that can feel like you're killing something when you do that. And maybe you are, but I urge our, you, you to try it because the old one's always still there and you might like it more. It's, it's hard though. I think God's are some, you're going to learn something, even if it doesn't ultimately be the take. If you go off and try some crazy shit with the stuff that doesn't work, like literally like toss out your main character and make the supporting character the lead or completely change what the main relationship is, change the genre, you will learn something mm -hmm. about your project that's super important and just do it. Like so much of this is just sit down and write, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and then you're going to find out. And, but it is, I guess, you know, the, the summary of it is know yourself, right? Mm -hmm. that, that's the, and acknowledge and don't be afraid to acknowledge what's happening because then new ideas can come in. I would say if you have a project, make sure that's not the only one you're revisiting and revising, right? So like, I wrote this thing, it's not quite working. Okay, I'm gonna take this character and put it in the same setting. Okay, now like that's just writing drafts of that one project. You gotta keep working on other new projects too. So you're learning new things. Do you know what I'm saying? So you don't just have one project because yeah. that's just writing that one project in different ways, right? Write that project, move on to a bunch of others, then you can go back, but you have to have other projects too that you're writing and working on. I don't know if that makes sense. It totally does. And I think this all gets easier the more you write. I, I found that the beginning of my writing career, and I'm still very much an emerging writer, but that idea was the idea. It was the one precious thing, the only thing you had. And so of course you had to stick to that. And 
changing it or getting notes felt especially painful. But I think the more you write, the more you become affectionate with the process of writing and the more you're able to distance yourself from the preciousness of your drafts or these ideas that you had. So you can still love doing it, but know that heavily changing something or revising or throwing things out feels a little less like murder. (laughs) I think the more you do it. And I will say, you know, working on a TV show, I, you know, in the room, writers have to, TV writers have to do this all the time, just walk away, right? So it's like, okay, great. Here's the show we're breaking. Here's the outline we worked out in the room. All right, writer, go write this episode. I get it back. And then I'm like, okay, this doesn't, we got a, we got a whole new directive from the network about everything. So we're redoing this completely. You have to throw away everything you just wrote, all the pages you turned in and do a whole new thing. And, and that's just it. You don't get to go back, use anything like you're walking away. You got to keep moving forward like that. So learning how to just move on and not get attached to things and to be in a good place about it. Like, okay, right. That's the thing of being a TV writer. It's, oh, every single thing I uh, turned in, you rewrote every single word. Amazing. What do you want me to do now? (laughs) So true. Yeah. I, you know, I, because the showrunner isn't going to have time to hold your hand through that yeah. excruciating pro- process. It's the job, you know? Yeah. yeah. So just in terms of thinking about not necessarily quitting, but not being attached in, emotionally to a project, you just have to let go and move on and, and have a positive attitude about it. And it sounds so corny and so like culty a little bit, but like, that is the environment and the process because you're moving so fast. You have to be able to just move on. Yeah, that's a really good point. That is the process of television. It's the process of Pixar too. Like it is mm-hmm. literally like change it, change it. It's an iterative process. Um, and sometimes it iterates to the point that you realize this whole idea doesn't work. Out it goes, mm-hmm. right? Like yep. that's just being able to do that. It, I think it's a really good point to not think of it as quitting. Mm-hmm. Uh, And Jeff, I love your phrase, affectionate with the process of writing, becoming affectionate with it. I don't know that I'm there, but um, I would like to aspire to that. I would like to be there It feels like murder to me. It always feels like murder. And then after I get to the other side and I see what it's so much better, I'm like, oh yeah, that was fine. That was totally fine. (laughs) I'm so glad we did that. I'm so glad we killed that part. Because I love it better. I think affection is a good word for it because we don't love it. It's like we're affectionate with our kids. We don't always like our kids. I don't have kids, but with our family, we're always affectionate with our family. It doesn't mean we always like them, but it we means that them. we love them. We love right. them. Yes. Right. That's right. Yeah. Love is different than like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's the same with ourselves. We don't always yeah. like ourselves, but yeah. we have to love ourselves. Yeah, I would argue the people you like all the time, you don't actually love. <laughs> Okay, now we're really going. Now yeah. we're really going. I don't even understand that one. I'm gonna have to <laughs> just think about put it. that one. Away. I'm quitting that idea. I'm yeah, moving, fair enough. moving on. I don't. I can't process that one. <laughs> so um, what we're saying is that we do not have the uh, binary answer: the right or wrong. The the you know, it's knowing yourself, like you said, Meg. I think is so important, and um, trusting that the decision you're making is the decision you're making, right? Because characters are all about the choices they make. And from every choice they make, they learn something new about themselves and the world they're in. So that's just what you have to do. Make choices, decide. And trust that there's more There's more writing coming. There's more ideas coming. Um, it's really having a mindset of abundance instead of scarcity. Is your mindset about scarcity? There's one cookie and I've got to get it. Or is it about abundance? 
there's not just a plate of cookies, there's thousands of cookies. Like it's fine, there's thousands of ideas. You know, you, you need to try to uh, do the your best you can to live in the idea of abundance. That's beautifully put, Meg. Um, all right, well, thank you for tuning in. If you haven't yet, join our Facebook group. We have great stuff going on in there. There's some great conversations. I'm really loving it. Um, and we had our first Patreon workshop this week and it was amazing and inspiring and I loved it. And so thanks to all our new patrons. And if you want to listen to our workshop, you can join um, our Patreon and check it out. So please uh, also write us your five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. I know we ask every week, but honestly, it's the way that other people will find us. So it is important. So if we've helped you at all, inspired you at all, that's how you can um, return the favor and help all boats rise. And guys, next week is Thanksgiving. So we're taking the week off in order to be with our families that we love and like. <laughs> and, and, but we are gonna do a special show for you. We're gonna put together a special. So there will be a show, um, but it won't be a, a live podcast, I was gonna say. It's going to be a special. So remember, you are not alone and keep writing. Thanks for tuning in to The Screenwriting Life. We love our community and we want to get to know you even better. Join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash thescreenwritinglife or email us at thescreenwritinglife at gmail.com to have your question considered for the show. You can also suggest topics by emailing us there. Also, we'd love for you to drop us a review on Apple Podcasts. Even if we don't read your review on air, trust me, we have read it. And not only does it mean the world to us, but it helps other people find the show. We've always been driven by mission and mentorship, and reviewing our show helps expand that mission. And of course, until next Sunday, happy writing.